Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. And we're going to talk today about big tech, which every other podcaster has already talked about a thousand times. And <laughs> we're always dancing around the subject, but we never addressed it uh, yeah, directly. Yeah. Because it's and not be clear, necessarily a Catholic subject. Not directly, no. But it at some point, to, to the extent that that the the big tech problem is real and the problem we're talking about is is basically big tech censorship um mm-hmm. to the extent that the big tech problem is real it's a catholic problem because it affects the churches and uh, our ability to evangelize uh, if it if, wasn't for big tech everybody in the world would be listening to this podcast probably that's right that's right i mean you know the censorship speaks for itself <laughs> you hear a lot of that kind of logic and it's like well maybe just, that's right maybe just people aren't that interested in what you have to say <laughs> however it but, is but it does exist it, it's there it, yeah there, there is censorship going on within big tech and it is one directional censorship uh the the, the censorship the censorship can be defined this way um if you are liberal, if your point of view is liberal, you will not be censored, no matter how uh, unfounded, factually speaking, anything that you say is, no matter how much what you say incites people to criminal activity, no matter how um, how much uh, hate and vitriol is in what you say or how you say it, you will simply not be censored by big tech. If your message is fundamentally leftist, um, in the, the modern sense. If on the other hand, your message is conservative, then your question of censorship is not going to be based on whether or not it's what you say is factually sound. It's going to be based entirely on whether or not your message has some possibility of interfering with the leftist message. Uh, if you're a little guy, you probably won't be censored because nobody listens to you anyway. If you're what they call a uh, uh, influencer and you say something that is conservative-minded but doesn't necessarily get in the way of the leftist machinery, you won't be censored on that. But if you say something that has a real chance of getting real people to start doubting the left, you will be censored. That message will be suppressed. That's the target. It's very specific. It's very unidirectional. And the censorship comes in different forms. Uh, you know, they, they've got the little labels now that this information has not been verified or this information is taken out of context. And then sometimes, <laughs> you know, the, the lack, they literally the make things disappear. <laughs> That's that's the lax lack context thing. This this new thing about context is, uh, it's the modern leftist um, flip flop of political correctness. Uh, if you remember, political correctness was invented by the left um, back in gosh, I you know I became specifically aware of it in the nineties. I'm sure that it, that that as a term, it existed 
before I was aware of it because I'm always a little bit slow on the uptake of these things. Mm-hmm. But the term politically correct and the concept of political correctness was invented by the left in order to introduce a, a mentality that a statement, a thing, an idea, a narrative could be correct in more ways than just whether it accurately represents factual reality. Yeah. So something might fail in terms of an analysis against reality, but it serves the, the proper agenda and therefore it's politically correct. And so the left was, was rolling out this idea that, Hey, we have to consider things not just in terms of whether they're factually accurate, but whether they're politically correct that we have to promote those things that are politically correct, irrespective of factual accuracy. Well, now they've turned it around and they've come up with this concept of context. (laughs) And it's really just a label that that when when the left Mm -hmm. uses the word context, it doesn't actually mean what we used to mean when we talk about context. It's just a label, but it's their way of saying, hey, what you're saying may be factually correct, but it fails to advance the liberal agenda. It fails to serve the narrative, and therefore we're going to put the label on it of out of it, context. Uh, no, no context. Out of context. Lacking yeah. context. It's it's the flip flop of the old political correctness. It's the hey, what you you're saying may be technically factually correct, but it's a politically uh, inaccurate statement because it doesn't serve the leftist narrative. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got these labels that show up out of context or any number of things. And again, some some people, like Donald Trump, they just erased him. He doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's like, well, okay, and we're just going to delete you. As far as I know, if you post about Trump, those posts can get deleted. I don't know because they I don't, don't even get in there. Yeah. I don't do anything on oh, Facebook. Okay. But um, they are literally trying to erase his existence. Which is so stupid. If you use well, like we're going to man instead of Trump. Will they? Will they let you get through then? I don't know. <laughs> but you know, it it is dangerous because if you think about our world, increasingly everything that people consume in terms of uh, whether it's news, you know, the the daily stream of information, or literature, or um, not not just literature, but but. Uh, what you know, what we'd call book learning. Like, okay, I want to yeah. go read a book about a topic and learn it. It's not, it's not artistic literature, but it's informational. Um, everything that people consume is digital. Yeah. And I have already seen instances where something is out there in the digital world, and then I think, wait a minute, that's wrong. And then later I go back to find it to demonstrate that it's wrong. And guess what? It's disappeared. Now, so what what happens is by manipulating what's available in the digital world, they have the possibility, you know, people have the possibility, those who control what gets presented have the possibility of essentially altering history. Yeah. It's like you you can take like... Exactly like 1984. Yeah, it's like It's happening in real time. Because his whole job was to find mentions 
in history of certain things that happened and change them to reflect what they want people to see now. He would go in and he would say, this article said that they were going to increase chocolate uh, rations, and I need to change that to say we're going to lower chocolate rations. I think yeah. that was one of the examples in the book of what, what he had to go in and do. And so if you look at some of the things that are going on today, um, the, the, uh, what's that, that project that, that claims to, to be about the American founding, except it's from a liberal. Oh, the 1612 or Six, something like that. 16, yeah, whatever. Yeah, where they're Projects decided like that, that, yeah, it's idiotic. And, and you look at the fact that increasingly when kids read, you know, have to use textbooks at school, they're electronic textbooks and so on and so on and so on. Consider the acceleration of electronic media and the, the preponderance and prevalence of electronic media as the thing that people go to in order to get their information. Um, and think about that acceleration, you know, what we've seen in the last 10 years over the next, you know, three years, 2024, uh, is it possible that that many of the you know the the really deep aspects of George Orwell's 1984 that he just was like off by 40 years? Yeah, it or would seem so. This. At least that's what they're trying for. Now you have tons yeah. of people who are fighting it, but you know what? Aside, okay, we do need to talk about the other form of censorship that. Um, in the beginning, this is all it was, is they called it shadow banning. And, oh, um, right. There, there's an algorithm. It, it, when you're in SEO marketing, you know that, uh, you have to do certain things that will hopefully get your website or posts or whatever closer to the top of, say, Google results or, uh, Facebook news items, Facebook board postings the way they would list them yeah it had to do with the words in your post and how they would link up and how many people seem to go to that site and spend time on it reading it and then go deeper in as opposed to backing right back out and how many other sites linked to that content it's just a, it's a giant algorithm nobody knows what the algorithm is but there's an algorithm that google and other search sites would use to bring your site or information closer to the top of search results. And what started happening is um, conservative sites suddenly started dropping in the rankings, even when searching for conservative subjects, to the point where suddenly they would just disappear altogether. And Google would say, well, no, this is just how it worked out. It's not our problem. It's not our fault. And, but it was happening for conservative sites. And it, it was, eventually it became apparent that they were doing it, even though they denied it. At this point, I don't think they even deny it. Yeah, that's going to happen. No. If yeah, you're a conservative, they, they... you're going to be at the bottom of the, uh, when, when searching for certain subjects. It's just. Right. But there are, you know, concerning what, uh, the, the changing of history, there are tons of groups out there who, um, see these kinds of things 
something that may be embarrassing for a news site like um, New York Times and they screen capture it or something like that and then New York Times tries to erase it and yet there's like 50 people who say, no, I've got it right here. Because every time you yeah. download something on your computer, you now have it on your computer. So even if they change it on their website, uh, you still have it. And sometimes you still have pictures of it and things like that. And so it's there are people fighting this, but it is still happening. And every now and then records just seem to disappear. And it's it's affecting Christianity because it makes it much harder to evangelize when someone has some outrageous claim against, uh, say, the Catholic Church, and you go to try to prove them wrong, and here you can't anymore because the information that used to be there isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things are going to keep happening, and they're going to get worse. Right, right. That's And just conversationally, too. Um Aside from Google, uh, look at, and I think a, a big part of the, the targets um, for, for people who want to talk about the problem of big tech censorship has to do with social media. So like yeah. Facebook and, and Twitter and, and other things like that, uh, that people get on, they have conversations and, and uh, talk about stuff. And then people who are influential but conservative in their outlook... Um, they the the social media sites kind of play with them in a way they might cause them to lose a bunch of followers or uh they might suppress certain uh posts that they put on or if they have certain links that are especially um harmful um to the the liberal narrative then those uh the posts that contain those links might simply be you know suppressed um and so there, there's a lot of people who are talking about what to do about the big tech censor, censorship problem. Um, yeah. So one and of the you know one of the obvious things that people say is, oh, we have to just simply make laws saying that you can't do that. Um, and then it becomes, well, what does it mean exactly not to be able to do that? Because the fact is that these various companies that run these, um, you know, the, the social media pr- platforms, it's not like you see every single post of every, like on Twitter, for example. You don't necessarily yeah. see every single post or tweet, they call it, of every single person that you follow um, because you may be following so many people that you'd never possibly be able to read them all. And so yeah, there it has would just to be a be constant selective. stream. It, it presents you, yeah, a stream of things that are de- deemed by its algorithm to be most relevant to you. Well, if the government's going to step in and say something like, you can't suppress this or that, um, what does that mean for the algorithm? Because the algorithm is the secret sauce of the various individual company. That's... If, if you have Twitter and then you have a Twitter competitor, such as Parler, for example, um, that algorithm that provides that feed to the users is what Twitter has that is uniquely Twitter that sets them apart and allows them to serve up an experience that some competitor, for example, might not be able to serve up. Um, so if you say, well, then 
the, the government has to tell big tech that you can't do something, it, it's kind of unclear to me what exactly you're going to say that they can't do. For example, um, if they just say you can't suppress any posts, well, now you open your Twitter feed and let's say you follow 100 people. You've got 50,000 posts. You can't read them all. And some of them are pointless and stupid. And Twitter's original idea was to bring the most, the ones that you, that it thinks you want to read by looking at what you've done in the past or what people like you have done and serve them up first so that you see the most. Well, now you've got 50,000 and you don't know which one to read because they're all, most of them are just things you wouldn't read. And now, how does, well, Twitter no longer has a product to sell because now it's just a listing of crap that people say. That's uh, yeah. That the concept of cur- curating um, what people you know throw out there and and presenting the most relevant and relevance can be based on the content itself, but but more so than the content, relevance is really based on things like how many people react to something. So the more people that react right. to a thing the more relevant it is and the more different feeds it shows up in. Um, so maybe a follower of a follower or something like that, you know, different things like that. Yeah. So, so if, if, what are they going to say? We have to approve this algorithm and then we have to make sure that algorithm isn't changed by various subject matter, which how could you possibly enforce something like that? Right. But you know there there is one thing. Um, several sites are starting to crop you know crop up, and and I I don't know that any of them are going to have the ability to challenge, for example, the the standing giants, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Uh, but you've yeah. got things you know. Parler was there, and then it got taken down, and I I don't know if it's it's coming back. Or have you looked into Parler since since around February? Look, I tried to use Parler when they first came out. Uh, really, the only reason I was on Twitter was to follow Trump. And I thought I oh, would be able yeah. to follow Trump on Parler. And well, apparently Trump's not on Parler. And yeah. I never found any reason to join Par. I, I couldn't do what I would normally want to do on Parler. So I never gave it a second look. I didn't, I didn't think it was all that great. It wasn't. It wasn't easy to use, and there was no point in using it. All I saw were a bunch of ads from politicians, conservative <laughs> yeah, politicians. Yeah. I, but okay, so that's that's what my impression exactly. of it was. Yeah, that that's um, and it was kind of built as as the non um, the, the free speech version of Twitter. Yeah, so they weren't going to you know censor you, you do viewpoint censorship or anything like that, um, but. Honestly, the aesthetic never appealed to me. The, the, for some reason, you know, I go on Twitter, I, and by the way, I haven't actually been on Twitter since, uh, well, before, before Lent this year. It's not yeah. like I gave it up for Lent. It's that I, I left off using it at, at one point early this year and just have not been back. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was doing the Twitter thing, I could jump onto Twitter and read, 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 read. And once in a while, there would be this, this, you know, a thing that was like a video you could click on or a picture or something like that. Um, but it didn't 
get in the way of the reading. And the reading was the thing for me. But with yeah. Parlor, it was, you know, you could read a, a tiny bit and then it's, you know, picture, video, picture, video, picture, video. Oh, read, there's a little bit to read. Picture, video. And it, a whole different aesthetic experience. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, you know, these guys don't quite, they, they haven't tapped into what made Twitter popular anyway. Right. However, what happened to Parlor, um, was shameful and, um, kind of, it, it showed the ugly side of big tech as it exists right now. Yeah. Uh, so Parlor was, um, I guess after the, um, I, I don't know. One of one of those events, either the the election itself or or something uh, that happened after the election, maybe just something that Twitter did to honk everybody off. And Parler suddenly was was like growing by leaps and bounds in terms of user space. And so, um, you know, as a it, when when we as conservatives we tend to to say, hey, you know, a private company can do what they want. Um, you know, when, when you own property, you, you can decide what happens on your property. If you own servers, you can decide, you know, what happens on those servers. And what Amazon, uh, who was hosting Parler did was even though they had a contract with Parler, they decided that they're going to, because Parler was growing too fast, too big. Um, Amazon didn't like Parler's challenge to Twitter. I don't know. Maybe some money exchanged hands. I, I don't know if, if, you know, Twitter's, uh, CEOs got with Amazon and, you know, I, those guys are so rich, they wouldn't have needed to exchange money specifically, but, but some kind of conversation might have taken place. Um, and suddenly Amazon, uh, breached their contract with Parler, said, all right, we're not going to supply you any more CPUs. For your service, you're down. You're shut down. Boom, gone. That's it. Um, and then, so Parler said, "Okay, we'll move to other servers. We'll find our own. We'll build. We'll you know rebuild our own data warehouse, whatever stuff like that. Get we'll get back up and running. But and then simultaneously, almost, um, Google decided, nope, we're gonna we're not gonna let the Parler app in our Google Play Store. And Apple uh, said, yeah, we're not going to." Thing. Host the Parlor app in our Apple App Store, whatever you know their equivalent. Um, so here you have a um, where you you have here among the big tech companies the worst kind of you know what what would be called trust building um, anti uh, competitive monopolizing. Uh, far worse than anything that happened in the physical world that prompted things like the Sherman Antitrust Act and stuff like yeah. that. And I don't know exactly, you know, I don't know whether anybody has thought of, um, you know, going after these guys with, with legal guns, Department of Justice on those grounds or not. But it seems to me if there's anything, relevant to the law that you might be able to to latch onto it might be something like that i mean you know yeah. for heaven's sakes back in the the 90s remember the big microsoft thing microsoft you know all this trouble investigation with the department of justice for what for including a web browser with their operating yeah. system which and, they, and they still got do. in so much trouble for that 
They they do, but they they have but what hooks did, in there to make it easy to. What did they end up? What ended theirs. up happening? I mean, they had they, to pay. They some now fines. have to make it easy. Well, yeah, but but now they have to make it easy to to replace their web browser as the default one for clicking links and stuff like that. Yeah, but, they say that, but um, okay. But uh, take a I new mean, computer right what now. Microsoft did was load up Windows not only and. You can't download Chrome. Oh, really? I didn't know that. If you install a fresh thing. version of Windows 10 right now on your computer and then try to download Chrome from uh, Windows uh, default browser, which is Edge. Which is Edge. You can't download Edge. the file and run it Edge. to install Edge Chrome. download Chrome? Huh. I, I can't I remember. I, you got to get around it. There's a bunch of things you have to do to get around that. And it's like use Edge to download Internet Explorer, and then use that to download Chrome and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah you got to do weird things. And that's uh, funny. The point is that all the trouble they got in didn't do anything to change anything. Ultimately, but it's also—I mean—the point I'm trying to make is what Microsoft did was completely obvious, and maybe yeah. they were trying to do it to be a little bit anti-competitive. <laughs> but it—it it, it, in my opinion, what Microsoft did was not even a bad thing. Right. They were just they were trying to um, protect what these their guys are doing, market. What, yeah. But what 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 you know Twitter and Google and Apple and Amazon are doing uh to parlor is basically uh competitors is, agreeing with each other to block another competitor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this is this is the stuff that the various anti-monopoly laws in the United States were passed for. Right. Here's here's now, the there's thing. another thing. Mm-hmm. Historically, when these antitrust laws have been used, well, like with the Microsoft problem, it didn't solve anything. Microsoft yeah, is still the software that most home computers use if it's not a Mac. If it's a Mac, right. then it's a Mac computer. But I've seen a lot of people, heck, at, at, I've done work at, at like, uh, some of the computers at, at local colleges. They have Macs there and they have Windows installed on them and everybody's running Windows. So Windows is still yeah. the one being used for desktop computers and laptops, unless you have a Mac. And then even then sometimes. So it right. didn't solve anything. And when it was used, when they were written and used, to combat AT&T, they really didn't solve the problem. AT&T became the monopoly, and it was actually supported by the government instead of broken up by the government. If if back then they had the government had stayed out of it, AT&T would have grown really fast, and it would have kept some people out of the market. But the market people would have found, found a way around yeah, it. Right. That's, but they arrested know, a, a the market. Of, um, a lot of they kept innovations was um, created at the behest of those who supposedly were the offenders. Yeah, it's 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 a it, it, so-called antitrust anti-monopoly legislation is actually designed to create additional regulations 
that call that that raise barriers to entry into a particular market. Yeah, I think most most monopolies exist because of regulations, not despite regulation. For example, let's go to YouTube. YouTube is enormous, is giant because they were given free passes to bypass things like copyright laws. YouTube right. was getting bigger and bigger, and they had tons of copyrighted material on YouTube. And the copyright owners are like, what the hell? You can't do this. And YouTube was able to defend themselves and not have to pay money for these copyrights while other companies were following the laws and ended up, because of the law, copyright laws, and not wanting to... uh not wanting to be fined, followed those yeah. laws, and YouTube didn't. And YouTube was able, be, uh, was given a special pass. I guess it, it wasn't a specific law that allowed them to do that. Now there is a law that allows them to do that. They they just wrote legislation giving these giant tech companies special protections, which is just utter nonsense. They're already giant. We don't need to protect the giants. Yeah. <laughs> but if if YouTube was held liable for the content that they have on there, well, then I would be all for saying, okay, um, let the company do what they want. It's a company that, it's a private company. They're allowed to do whatever they want on their servers. Let them do it. Of course, they got to follow all the same laws we follow. You know, I can't, I can't publish and, copyrighted material. Right. And even, but they can. Um, you know, one of the things is that YouTube's argument, um, and, and this, this applies to, to other like social media sites as well. But part of the argument, uh, and, and this is the argument that resulted in the, the infamous section 230, you know, um, law, but part of their argument is, Hey, all, all we are are a place that people can come on and they can post what they want. The, what's there is our users posting it. It's not us posting it. So yeah. we shouldn't be held liable for, say, copyright infringement or something like that based on the content that's there because we're not the ones, YouTube, the company, are not the ones putting that content there. We're just providing server space for somebody else to come and put stuff there. Um, right. It's kind of it's kind of like, uh, you remember those flea markets Dad used to go to up in, on Ferguson? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And any flea market. People know what a flea market is. So we go to these flea markets. Okay. So let's say somebody has a, uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, um, um, pirated like VHS tapes. Okay. Yeah. And he's, he's taped all these movies. He's got these VHS tapes and he sets up shop at the flea market and he starts selling them. Well, the owners of the flea market are not liable for that. He's just buying booth space from them. It's, it's the guy who's there selling these tapes that's liable for the copyright infringement of copying them and then trying to sell them. And YouTube is making an argument that that's all we are. But here's the thing. If a flea market makes that argument in the physical world and they say, hey, all we are, we just sell booth space. What people do with it is, is between them and the law. Okay. Well, then Ferguson flea market can't discriminate against anybody. Yeah. 
because their whole argument is we are not curating what goes into this booth space. We're not making sure that the people who sell stuff here are selling stuff that by some measure or other is appropriate. There's no curation. We just sell the booth space and that's all it is. Well, I think that the real answer here is for the, you know, to take the law, the structure of the law as it already is, and for the government to say, hey, if you're going to claim Section 230, then you have to not put content-based curation. Now, the algorithms that, you know, regard like linkages and that kind of stuff, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about things like... uh Twitter adding those extra banners that say this content has not been verified. This content is right. suspicious. This content might uh, make your mother choke and die. You know, whatever. Um, th- that kind of stuff. This content lacks context. That kind of stuff should not be there if they're going to claim Section 230 um, uh, waiver or whatever against and liability it, it, for things like copyright infringement and so on and so forth. Same thing for Facebook, same thing for YouTube, and on and on and on. To me, that's the answer. And, that and just is lay the it answer. down that, and also, I mean, take it further than that. Obviously, such places would not be allowed for any reason whatsoever to, you know, there would, there could not be such a thing as, uh, Twitter jail, for example, uh, you know, under this yeah. concept. Well, we didn't uh, like your content, be, so. Yeah. Right. You, Shadow you can't banner. have anything, any such thing as, as okay, we're going to uh, suspend your account. You know, Trump is out, whatever. Um, that's that's the answer. If, if you want to be allowed to do that stuff, then Section 230 can't apply to you because you're curating the content. If you want to claim Section 230 and its protections against lawsuits for various kind, you know, whether it's copyright infringement or uh, claims of libel and slander or whatever else based on the content, then you have to truly not curate the content itself. You can use your yeah. algorithms in terms of figuring out who's going to see what in their feed, but you can't filter the content. You can't suspend people's accounts. You can't uh, add your own commentary to it to say pe- to people, hey, you should not consider this with the same levity or gravity that you might consider this other thing. Um, so here's the, uh, the, the alternative here is we've already discussed one of an example of one of them telling them you can't, you know, push one content ahead of others and the mm-hmm. kind of results that would get, it just, it doesn't. And, and the, the other part of this is, uh, the competition now, uh, Parlor did get real big, real fast, and I'm not 100% sure why. Because, again, I tried using it twice, and I just couldn't use it. Um, yeah. Google's competition. While. Yeah, didn't like the aesthetic. For, for example, uh, what is it, the Duck? What oh, is Duck, it? Duck, Go? Duck, Duck, yeah, Go. Duck, Duck, Go. Um, I have I, on my phone. I don't get the results that I want. When I use no, it, I often if, have to switch to Google. It's just not good wanna, enough yet. If I want to look up something topical, uh, like, hey, I, I, I have a, a tulip tree. I want to plant it. I need to know, you know, do tulip trees need full sunlight? You know, can mm-hmm. they, can they be okay in a 
wooded area until I cut some trees down around them. What, what's the scoop? I'll use DuckDuckGo. I, I've got that on my phone, whatever. But if I need something very specific and technical, um, if I'm working on, you know, something related to, to say, programming or engineering or something like that, um, for some reason, it just doesn't have the same quality of results. Turn. I go to Google. Yeah. And it's gotten to where, even though I thought, oh yeah, I'll start using this DuckDuckGo and you know, start. If I'm on my computer, because you know, like I said on my phone, DuckDuckGo is the app. So when I type it, mm-hmm. in, that's what it's using. On my computer, I've gone back to I just automatically type Google and put my search in, and that's what I use. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, there, I'm there definitely to that point. is. There's no. Um, that that's the other thing is that even while the big tech companies have these problems and and i keep going back to the reason they have these problems is because they're run by um people who are fundamentally callow youths they 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 just they're they're kids who have suddenly been given a lot of power and they have not developed the wisdom yeah to be able to use it properly and so they start doing stuff with it that they shouldn't do like trying to impose their viewpoints on the world and that kind of stuff. That's why these big tech companies have these problems. Every one of them is basically run by kids who haven't really learned anything in the world. Yeah. Nonetheless, the quality of the product is, yeah, it, it's superior and all of the competitors have a ways to go before they're going to be able to match that. And it seems like now, some of them have an easy way to go but don't do it oh instead right, right. they want to like, claim hey we're being suppressed here and it's like well wait a minute why don't you just make your product as good you could start yeah. there <laughs> um That's gab yeah. gab is I, the is gab, alternative I, I to facebook gab. is it any I, good have you used it i i've gotten on it and i've used it and i guess it works for what i think it works for what gab thinks Facebook should be used for, but oh, okay. I don't think they took a whole lot of time to discover why people are on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, it's like who cares what Vicky's on Facebook all day, but what's she doing? She's she playing video games. I didn't see any video games, free video games on Gab. It's not there. Yeah, it's yeah. Do they have a platform for developers? That's the thing. You know, Facebook had you know they they rolled out their their basic canvas platform so that you could get a developer license and then you could have your game it's basically hosted on your server through facebook's interface and presented to users that you know uh what was that that one that the first one that became like massively wildly popular the thing like a farmer game wasn't it yeah yeah some kind of farming game i which i mean when you think back about it it's like it, I, I, it all, the phenomenon almost just shows how stupid the world is today. <laughs> you know, that, I just got a so many. People I just got a text from through. Vicky. I am not on Facebook all day. Okay, she's not on Facebook all day anymore. Not for a while, day. she was on Facebook all day. I'm sorry. I apologize to my wife. <laughs> Now, I think my wife is on, I mean, okay, my wife's not on Facebook all day. She's actually, she, you know, she works and she, then she comes home and cooks and does all kind of, you know, the, but she's common. But you, you got a lot of people who specifically, oh, I have to get on Facebook and check my farm. And it's like, yeah, 
Well, like okay. Mm-hmm. That brings people onto the app and maybe when they're there, then they do all these other things like check people's posts and comment on them. But a lot of times they're not there to check the posts. They're there to waste time. And if Gab yeah. doesn't give a reason to waste time, then they're not going to get the users. And a lot of these Twitter's the same way. People waste That's time true. on Twitter. That's what they yeah. do. Yeah. It's, it's just it's a, like And that's why I'm never on it, because I don't have (laughs) the time to waste. waste. (laughs) It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like if, if you, if you had a bar, okay, you say, okay, I'm going to run a bar or a a saloon or a public house or something like that. And, um, but, but I'm, I'm going to have a rule, um, uh, you know, about like, you can't talk, you can only write letters. Or something like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's it, it, in other words, what, what the communication that occurs has to be grave enough, serious enough Meaningful. to write a letter. There's got to be some kind of formality to it. You can't just hang out and waste time and say stupid stuff. Yeah. It, it, think of how. And then nobody's going to go to your bar. Like, exactly. That, that, and, and, and there, yeah. So, but you know, that, that also then, um, it kind of brings up a, again the um, the problem with the fact that these big tech uh, companies are in a combination of so um, completely used by people and run by kids. Yeah. So the people who get on that, I mean, they're just wasting time. But in the meantime, those who who are Let's say people who are a little bit less deep, who, who don't actually have, you know, a sense of what they're about and are easily swayed through little emotional tuggings and, and hints and, and the impression of popularity of a viewpoint and so on and so on and so on. Yeah. It's, it's constantly, you know, towards the left. Right. And because the problem these, there these is that, and stuff. yeah, people kind of find themselves imprisoned to Google or Facebook. The problem is they've put themselves there. Yeah. We've given, we've given enough to Google to, to make this happen. Now, you know, I mean, in the early days, um, as Google was outranking, uh, MSN and Yahoo, and they they were doing it big time. It wasn't just a little bit. Like overnight, it turned into 80% of users using Google and the 20% left over being going to MSN and Yahoo. And the the complaint was always things like they're collecting information. And I still maintain that the information they were collecting is legitimate. Uh they provide a I service and it's free. Yeah. And it's because advertisers pay them to find out what kind of people want to buy their service and then present that service to them at the right times. That's a, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it, and the information is stored and it's used to try to get a sense of what people are most likely to buy. That's not, that's not mischievous. It's there's nothing wrong with it. the The fact that people have uh, suddenly decided to spend their entire lives on the phone 
that's the problem, but it's the problem that people <laughs> decided to do. That's they put right. themselves in that box. That's true. And now you're going to complain that the box in is in America. The box yeah, you wanted is is the uh, it, it's the it's the habits of Americans, not the big tech companies that are serving or enabling those habits. Yeah, and it's I I don't know the answer to it. I don't think the answer is breaking up Google. I don't think the answer is government heavy-handedness in any sense. Right. Other than the Section 230 thing that I talked about. Right. Definitely which, they should you – know, if they're going to if they're gonna say we're a platform, not a publisher, then they should uh, be a platform and not a publisher. If they start publishing or regulating the information, well, okay, something has to be done yeah, there. Then you're no and they should platform. be held liable that, that should for be the – Copyright like infringement or all the other things that, uh, if you would go after someone for posting a lie and Google pushes that lie to the top purposely, okay, well, Google, you're, you're the one saying that, that you're fighting misinformation. This is misinformation and you've promoted it. Now you're liable for it. So all the right. crap that happened to Nick Sandman, uh, Google and, along with the news agencies who promoted it, uh, but also the Facebook and everyone else should be held liable for that. Yeah. Because it was misinformation. It was a lie. And when, uh, when we find out that masks don't help anyone keep from spreading COVID, or when we find out that some of the drugs would have helped and Google suppressed that information... Google should be held liable. You know, that's that's a big one. I mean, suppressing the information about the, the drugs that are actually helpful. Um, I mean, that's... You're liable for human lives there. Yeah. that That's a big one that, that I think if, if, if the government rightly applied Section 230 and said, hey, in order, in order for you to qualify for this, you have to meet these qualifications... If they rightly applied Section 230, I think a lot of these Twitters, Googles, Facebook, and so forth, I think they they would be liable for people's lives. And and I don't mean $200 million not, not, paid to the complainants. I mean $200 billion paid, paid to the complainants. Yeah. <clears throat> when they're yeah. sued for dead people because those people didn't believe that a certain drug could help them when it could have. Hey, any uh, any lawyers out there listening to this want, you know, a, a class action is a lawyer's dream, okay? Yeah. Hey, there might be a big, big, big class action here. Yeah, huge. But I, I think that would be the way to not break up big tech, but start making them behave better. And right. meanwhile... For heaven's sake, some of these other platforms just make your platform better. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's now sometimes it's really that simple. Yeah, that's true. Now the the thing is that you you know the the thing when you say that it's like okay that's fine and that's true, but that doesn't address what happened to Parlor. No, it doesn't. And I think, because I, I look at Parler and I think, okay, let's take that to the next extreme. Let's suppose it's not just, okay, Amazon said we're going to breach our contract and stop hosting you. 
Google said, oh, okay, we're going to target you and uh, disallow you from our Play Store. Apple did the same thing. Parla says, okay, fine. Uh, you know, you'll have to use, you know, our users will have to use a web-based interface in order to use mm-hmm. Parler on the phone, which is annoying enough in its own, you know, uh, yeah. right? Although, you know, web-based... If, if you design for the cell phone, web-based can be pretty good. But then you've got, um, let's suppose Verizon gets into the act. Oh, wait a minute. We're going to detect yeah. and not carry parlor content and so on and so on and so on. So that's why I think, you know, I, I'm thinking, okay, the next thing is to say, hey, you know, there there are some efforts that have been lurking in the shadows and i don't mean shadows in a bad sense i just mean shadows in yeah. the sense that people aren't generally aware of them um of ways to reconstruct the internet that does not require a infrastructural rip-up it does not require you know at&t and the other long distance mm-hmm. carriers to change fundamentally what they do all it requires is adoption by individual people, individual businesses in their homes, their businesses on their servers and so on and so forth um, to create a, a new system of protocols, communications and so forth that fundamentally creates a new internet. One example, for example, is GNU net, uh, which I've looked into a little bit. I created a GNU net node just, you know, to kind of play with it myself and there's other things, and and these have been growing up with the specific purpose of being uh, censorship resistant. Yeah. And so I wonder if it's if if it's time for some conservatives to say, hey, you know, let's stop being tech laggards and get out in front and promote the stuff that is going to really make possible the kind of world that we want to live in where people can really talk, people can really communicate. And not only is it uh, against the law to shut down free speech, but it's simply impossible to do so. Yeah. Now, yeah, obviously that there's, you know, there's a two edge free speech is a two edged sword. Okay. If, if, if we are a country that believes in free speech, that means I can go out and I can write up a tract uh, that, you know, promotes the glories of slavery, for example. Okay. Mm. I Obviously, in today's world, I would be, um, you know, uh, crucified. Rightly rightly punished <laughs> you know, by society at large. Hey, what, okay. You right. know, if I had a story and I put that tract out, nobody would buy from my store. If I... Uh, you know, we're a well-known man about town. Suddenly I would be a pariah and rightly so. But the point is that could happen and people could rightly respond to that. So it should be the same way with every point of view. If somebody puts out something that's expressly Marxist, people should have the right to say, you know what? I don't want to support that. Well, with a, an internet where, you know, it's basically non-censorable, if, if we could kind of reconstruct it, then it's back into the marketplace of ideas. People say mm-hmm. what they think, they can engage, they can communicate, they can discuss, 
and figure things out and, you know, people can convince other people. And meanwhile, the news can get reported. And if one news source gets it wrong, somebody else can say, wait a minute, I was there. It didn't happen that way. And on and on and on and on. Uh, yeah. And as a society, we move forward. We get better in that condition. And guess what? Here's where it comes back to being a Catholic thing. That's the kind of environment where the Catholic Church thrives and spreads. That's the kind of environment that existed um, at the founding of the church. Yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't technological that way, but, you know, in, in order to suppress something, you know, the Pharisees had to go and arrest people and bring them in and mistreat them and directly. And, yeah. You know, stuff this like guy's saying uh, things that are against us when really he's just preaching the truth. And uh, so they have him arrested in order to keep people from learning the good yeah. news. But what happened to the Pharisees? Uh, you know, they, they arrested the apostles. Uh, who was it? Like Peter and John or something like that. Yeah. And um, they, they, they knew that they couldn't move against them because of fear of the people. Because they had already preached to the people. Now, yeah. in today's world... The Pharisees would have been able to move against them because big tech would have set up the censorship wall. They would not have been able to reach the people. And there would have been a few kooks out there that knew about James and Peter or John who disappeared and nobody else would have believed them. You know, that's the world um, that that it would that like if Christ. That's the world they want to exist now and the world we have to fight. Exactly. And, and and this is why it's a Catholic thing to say, no, we can't have that world. We've got to resist it. We can't roll back technology, the, but we can roll here's forward the, technology. Yeah. The thing is, I think they were very close to creating that world, and they were doing it very slowly, under our noses, without us knowing about it. And it was slowly changing. And out of the blue... See, most, most conservative, traditional Catholics felt pretty much alone. And out of the blue, for some reason, Donald Trump comes along and suddenly everybody's talking to each other. And we, uh, not traditional Catholics, but conservatives realized we're not alone. There's a bunch of us out here. We've just yeah. been silenced. And you know, that was Trump's crime. He brought us together and that's kind of how we have to proceed. We can't lose touch with each other, but exactly. uh, we need a better way to communicate because the... I mean, it would be great if in not losing touch with each other, we preserved our ability to keep hammering our message out in front of those who disagree with us. Yeah. But at the very least, we have to be prevented from being isolated from each other. From, yeah. from being put it back into that mindset that oh man you know conservatism uh, Christianity whatever it is 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 a lost cause. There's nobody out there who who sees the world like I do. I think that's what those masks were all about. I think is so. Isolation, keep people from seeing and talking and knowing each other. Hey, you know, regarding those masks, by the way, uh, but my my work just this week. Um, opened up its policy. Basically, you don't have to wear a mask at work anymore. Yeah. Now, 
the the specific rule is you don't have to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated or have recovered from COVID. Um, but well, listen to that. Our, our president said, but we're never going to ask you to prove that. We we absolutely will not ask you to prove that. It's on our system. And so it's in the common areas, public areas, no need to wear a mask. In offices, um, the, the way he put it is wear a mask unless you've been expressly told that you don't need to wear a mask in somebody's office. So a bunch of us put up signs, no need for a mask here. Um, and I actually put up a sign, you know, smiles, welcome, no need for a mask. I mean, I want to make it, I'm kind of, I, yeah. I want to shame the mask wearers. <laughs> yeah. So anybody else who's, who's, who had like, let's say you've got a business and, and you don't have to be under a mask mandate, put up a, uh, a sign in your business. Say so like, uh, you know, smiles, uh, welcome. Yeah. Smiles, welcome like or, that. or this is a safe space for smiles. That's the liberal thing is safe spaces now, right? Yeah. So this is a safe space for smiles. No masks needed. Something like that. Just, just put it out there. Encourage people to, to, uh, you know, come in with their real face and interact the way people are meant to do. You know, I've been, uh, I've been listening a lot to, uh, Dinesh D'Souza and his big thing, aside from these little, legal squabbles that we can get into his big thing is that we fight this by ridiculing the nonsense that we're putting up with and do it lightheartedly he's kind of good at that isn't he he is he's very good at it but he's uh (laughs) he he pulls out stuff that it's like it would make me angry when i read it and he just makes fun of it it's like wow he makes fun of it ginger uh our sister Ginger, he said, "You notice how like like all of Dinesh D'Souza's little interpretations and voices that he does, yeah. they all sound like Abu from The Simpsons, <laughs> <laughs> and they do." Okay. I, I, I don't funny. have a reference for that. <laughs> okay, I, I do because that. I I used to watch that all the time, but okay, they I'm all sound like the Indian guy. And it, okay. uh, I don't know. I say that it, with all love and everything. I love the guy, but, uh, it, all of his little, uh, impressions end up sounding like Abu. <laughs> okay. Now wait, th- that's the irony. Abu is an Indian guy, right? Yeah, I know. So because he can't be get Dinesh's... rid of his Indian accent. Well, I, my point is it should be Dinesh's regular voice that sounds like Abu. It, it, it is a little bit. <laughs> But it's it for some reason it comes out stronger when he's imitating oh, other he's, people. He's it, it's just it's funny. That's you, funny. You'll see what I mean if you listen to I'll a have boot to go watch talk. A few episodes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I actually work with and for the last oh man since 2011 have worked with a lot of Indian people. Um, yeah, in, up in you know the uh, Indian. Uh, whether it's on, on visas or, you know, just permanent residents and so on and so forth are yeah. sort of taking over tech in America. Yeah, they are. And that, um, uh, now the thing is, a lot of them are really good at what they do. It, I mean, it's not like yeah. they're taking over tech by way of just, just being, you know, uh, a, a, a army of idiot monkeys or anything like that. Well, uh, there is a red, Pilled America podcast about that subject. 
the okay. takeover of the tech industry. Um, Specifically by India, huh? I, 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 mostly Asian, a lot of Indians, yeah. Okay, it's, okay. By I see foreigners. more India than Asia. I mean, foreigners, yeah, but, but largely, largely India. Yeah. Um, but I've gotten along with all the India Indian people that I've known. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. I have no idea politically that kind of stuff. But but right. you know, I've not clashed with them. Yeah, they're um, easy to deal with unless so, they run I, a gas and, station. I don't know. And they always say they, shady there's something. Gas there's something. Stuff. They you know. There's kind of a a, a stereotype, and yeah. when you end up having to deal with a Indian business owner. The stereotype seems to hold true. Uh huh. As far as my concern, as far as my experience takes me, I. It's kind of like the Asian uh, laundry. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, the uh, Asian uh, dry cleaner. Yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if, if I go into a, a, a guy who owns an Indian, uh, an Indian guy who owns a business establishment, and mm-hmm. you know like for a call like your a, machine's down you need sir. this then i have to argue with him about the price and i'm like what are you doing i'm telling you this is what it costs there's no oh no i'm not going to do it for wanna, cheaper this is what it costs it's like they want to but he wants to argue about the price and i'm like look i i guess this is how it worked in india but that's not how it works here this is what it costs <laughs> if you want to do it this is what it'll cost you uh yeah but you know it's i mean that, that's that's it is funny funny uh, but you know we had an uncle who was like that yeah we did i, I don't know did you ever know uncle, uncle hester? hester i kind of knew him but i don't i don't have any personal i didn't have okay. any kind of personal uh interaction with him yeah i but used I to hang out with do certain things you know his uh, our cousin tony the youngest of of four yeah and and I went to spend you know a few days over there. You know we we would spend you know during the summers spend a few nights at each other's houses, stuff like that. The way right. you know cousins do. And you know the very very first night that I was there, um, he said, "Hey, you know by the way, um, in this house, if you want something, you just get it. You don't ask." Yeah. It was kind of interesting. Now, but, and the thing is, you would think, okay, and, and I have no idea what his philosophy behind that was. He wasn't like Christian, you know, he, uh-huh. he, he was kind of, um, but he, um, you know, he said that, but I also, but like in his house, like, you know, we, we would get up, they would be both gone to work, Uncle Hester and Aunt Marilyn, and, uh, Tony and I would get up, we'd, you know, go about our stuff, we'd, we'd maybe make some, you know, breakfast or, or, uh, lunch, grilled cheese, whatever. But before we left, Mm -hmm. Tony knew that everything had to be put away in the house. The kitchen had to be cleaned up. The dishes had to be done and so on and so forth. So whatever system he used, he trained his boys to be responsible about taking care of stuff, you know, finish your work before you go on and play stuff like that. So I don't know. But, um, but yeah, he would go into, he would go into Walmart and he'd, you know, uh, argue the price down with argue somebody about, price. about something <laughs> and, and, and he would succeed. Now, you know, yeah. I've tried that a few times. I'd go in and I'd, oh yeah, you know, I've got this pair of sunglasses, but you know, you've got this little scratch on this one part of the lens. Can I get a discount? 
And they would say, uh, okay, let me call the manager. And the manager was, okay, I'll give him 10%, something like that. So it does work if you can find a way, if you can give them a way to justify it. I I find people who do that so irritating that I would never <laughs> want to become that person. If people try to argue with me about a price, I just grab my tools and walk out the door. I don't even want to deal with you anymore. So... But uh, you know, you know probably is, they go to the you, next guy and maybe it works, but it's not going to work with could me because be, I just. But you've you've got to be careful there because there, there's a there's a capital capitalist spirit in there that yeah I know I know I just because you know I was in Russia for a few weeks and you know we'd go to the it, it's kind of funny you go to Russia you know how malls are in America you go in you've got the mall and they've got all the shops well in Russia yeah. They've got these areas that are basically the marketplaces. And it's kind of like a mall, except it's all outdoors. And the marketplace is all these uh, stands. Um, it, it almost... It's a giant flea like market. The, imagine like a flea market, except where every space had a covering over it so that it could be kind of, you know, shut up for Put the... Away. When they're gone and locked up yeah. to, to keep their wares from walking away and stuff like that. It's kind of like that. Um, and, 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 but the, the sections between are like, it's like just the raw ground. It's not paved or anything. And they lay boards down and stuff like that. And you, you walk, you know, among the booths and stuff like that. And I was talking to a priest there. He, we, we, found the Catholic church, uh, got our handler to take us to church on Sunday, met the priest, um, and, and invited him to go to dinner with us. So we were kind of talking. He said, you know, the people here, they, they don't get the concept of capitalism that you have to work with the market. It's like, you, mm -hmm. you know, that people complain about, well, I'm not selling enough of this in order to make a living. And so then they want to you know, go back to the communist ways and have the government provide. And he's like, well, maybe you need to lower the price. And they don't get that. They're like, well, I can't lower the price. This is just what the price is for a hat or yeah. boots or whatever. You know what I mean? It, it, it's kind of like, yeah, I know. Communism kind of stripped them of the ability to be agile. Yeah, I know. So that. anyway, <laughs> the, my thing is, um, You've already set your price by the market. <laughs> I've already set my price, and I happen to know that I'm the only one in the city who works on this machine. Oh, So yeah, I'm that's... not going to argue with you about the price. <laughs> it is what it is. I know that you can call someone in from another city, but I know you can't do it cheaper than what I'm giving you. So yeah. either take it or leave it. You know, that's, uh, that's funny. That's there's there's times when when I'm in a situation um and I you know I I really love my wife but sometimes she puts me into a situation where she wants me to argue about something that I have nothing that I can bring to induce the other person to budge from his position and it's like yeah why I, I, I and and she's like I mean, she has her reasons why something should be whatever it is, different, cheaper. Uh, we shouldn't be, you know, penalized so much for a late payment on something, mm -hmm. whatever it is. I don't know. And it's like, but I have nothing to bring to uh, other than just like, 
you know, make it like, like if I make a pitiful display of myself and the person feels bad for me and then, you know, yeah. you know it's like, but I don't want to do that. But, but it, it's I, what you're describing is kind of like that. It, and it's like, I, when I know that I'm already in that position, I don't yeah. want to make the argument. I don't want to go through that. I want to just go ahead and say, right. okay, I get it. This is what I have to do. Let me do it and move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, how do we get it? Well, let's get back to big tech. Because, I, I actually, you know, I guess maybe we've already said everything we can say on it for now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 do need to, and and I I think we're getting into kind of like as conservatives, as Christians, and and they're they're not identical, but they overlap a lot in the Venn diagram. We have mm-hmm. to preserve our ability to communicate with each other. It would be nice if we also could communicate with those that we disagree with in meaningful ways. But at the very least, uh, we should not lose what Trump gave us, which is the realization that we're right. here with each other, that there's more like us in the world. By the way, I, you said you listened to Dinesh D'Souza, and one of the things I heard on one of his podcasts um, recently, I guess it's... Um, I guess it's even like in within liberal circles it's it's a real concern because some recent poll has indicated that something like 51% of Americans think that the 2020 election involved some kind of election fraud. Yeah. Now this is almost like a current events thing rather than a, a main topic thing but the thing here's the thing the claims right after the election is that Biden got what, like, you know, 52% something of the popular vote. Yeah. You know, they're claiming like, I don't know, 80 million to 60 million. I don't know what the, the actual numbers are, whatever, but they're claiming Biden got more of the popular vote than, uh, Trump did. So yeah, one of, one of two things is going on with this poll. Uh, either the poll, okay, one of three things, either the poll's completely wrong or a significant number of people who voted for Biden still believe that the election was fraudulent in some manner or a lot more people voted for Trump than the election reflects because the people who voted for Biden are not going to say that the election was fraudulent. Yeah. And so the statistic itself, the poll itself almost suggests fraudulence within the election. Yeah. Yeah, because of how the numbers work out. I don't even know what to say about that. To me, I Well, we kind of know there was fraud. People are Yeah, I've always I, and, and and Trump kept saying you? that this is what's going to happen. Why would there be any doubt about it? Um I just don't think we were I don't think we were prepared for how blatant they were going to be about it. Yeah. But um I don't, I don't I mean you know but things are moving. Uh I mean there are things in motion that could you know kind of rip rip the the top off of it so to speak. Mhm. We'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. Um okay. I guess right. we should move on to current How about events. News? But I, I yeah. huh? so we've got there's not a whole lot of news except for a couple really big things. And one of them is this fight between 
Israel and the Palestinians in various places around Israel. Um, look, they, they've been fighting over this land for a long time, and I kind of get it, you know. I, I guess this boils down to Palestinians were living in these places, and after World War II, we said, hey, we're going to provide Israel with a place to live. Um, and we gave them Israel. Yeah. Um, and the Palestinians are like, whoa, wait a minute, what are you doing? This is our land. And we said, well, too bad. Uh, but it was just a giant desert before that. I mean, it wasn't very developed. It was their land. I mean, the way, in the same way, maybe that, like, like, I don't know, Southwest American Indians were, you know, you know what I yeah. mean? It's kind of like it, 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 various tribes, but there wasn't a nation there. It's you not know? like, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, it's, so, it's just kind of like where they were squatting at the time. Yeah. So it, um, I don't know. It, it's, it, and I think this is of interest to Catholics because you can go to the Holy Land right now and you can visit the places that Jesus lived and taught and died. And if Muslims take this area over, you won't be able to do that. That's true. That's true. And you just, you, you won't. Know, so, I also believe that we should we should do a podcast about this uh, a, a real deep dive. But I believe I'm I'm what you call a well I'm what I call a suspended supersessionist. Okay, so I believe that the old covenant was completely superseded by the new one. That the Catholic Church is the new Jerusalem. You know, we've got that in Revelation and everything. There's there's mm-hmm. kind of no way to get around that and so on and so forth. But I also believe that Israel and, uh, and, and particularly Jerusalem remains the Holy Land. And I believe that the Jews as a body, as a people, are eventually going to take their place in the Catholic Church. They're not only going to convert... But they're going to become then the rulers in the Catholic Church as they were meant to be from the beginning. And that's what I mean, a suspended supersessionist. So the covenant is superseded completely. I'm a hard supersessionist in that sense. But I believe God is still keeping the Jewish people, you know, and protecting them because he has that plan in mind for them to convert. You know, here's something that isn't talked about a whole lot. Um, not there's not a huge number of religious Jews. No, there's these uh, most millions Jews of are, Jews. Are a like, lot of them are atheists. Well, like they, they don't describe themselves as the atheist. It, no, it's more like, but they're not religious. Yeah. They're Jews because being Jewish, you know, they have the ability to be Jewish because of their ancestry, and they want to be Jewish because it gives them certain advantages, you know, within social life and and economic life and so on and so forth. Yeah. And I think that's common. It, and... and because they've always been clannish. I mean, you know, they. I mean, I say they've always been clannish. I don't mean that in a bad way. God... God made them to be clannish. God guided them to be clannish. If you read the Old Testament, God 
to be wanted what? them to be clannish. Oh, clannish. Okay. Yeah. God yeah. wanted them to be a people set apart. In fact, you know, when, when God led them to the Holy Land and, and part of God's orders was, okay, you're going to go into this land and your orders are to kill everybody, men, women, and children, everybody. You are to completely wipe the land free of the pagan, oh, they weren't pagan, Gentile, but they were pagan, you know, the, the Baal worshipers and so on and so forth. You are to completely wipe the land of these people and take it over as your own. Well, the Jews failed to do that, and that was one of the reasons why they kept running into trouble. Yeah. The thing is that, well, throughout the Old Testament, the Jews are constantly getting displaced and punished, but for a reason. Yeah. And right now, you have to, I mean, you have to at least call into question, these Jews are Jews because they're biologically Jewish. <clears throat> do very many of them believe that they are the chosen people? Yeah, do they because even have a, it, a concept it, of chosenness? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and it's like, well, you know, maybe in your Jewishness, if you turn to God, I don't, I don't know if it would make any difference or not, because, you know... Uh, the Jews are the ones who have rejected the Messiah. But... I gotta think that it would still. I mean, it, it, you know. But here's here's the thing that I think. Let's let's set aside the question of the Jews themselves and their stance relative to God. Uh, if if a nation, you know, let, let's say Britain or the United States or whatever, and I, I you know, I, I think this kind of applies to the United States. If we were to look at, say, the nation of Israel or the Jewish people, which, you know, they're kind of bound up now. And we were to say, okay, even though they aren't living according to their covenant, and even though they've failed to accept the fulfillment of that covenant in Jesus Christ, nonetheless, we recognize them as the people that God chose and the, the people who gave us the Messiah, and therefore we are going to treat them as special accordingly. Mm -hmm. I think God would favor that country. And I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the things that the United States, you know, I think we can be favored by God by continuing to be an ally of Israel. Not, not because of, you know, I'm not a Zionist or anything like that, but because the Jewish people are the people, the you know, the bloodline from whom the Savior came. And we say, okay, God, you know, he has his own so plans they, in mind yeah. for them. But in the meantime, we're going to do what we can to honor that in some manner. And part of that, I think, would be being an ally of Israel, which we've always been up until, I, mean, I, I think, very recently, you know, the, the liberals... Want to to see us stopping and Obama definitely didn't want to be an ally of Israel. At the very it's, least, we could say that politically, it makes more sense to be allies with Israel and the Jewish nation than with the Palestinians. Then Palestine and, and Hamas and and the other yeah jihadist uh, Muslims. Definitely, I mean those people are crazy and and they're and, evil. But you know what's interesting? Um, didn't. Uh, I don't know if you've got this in, in one of your news items, but didn't didn't Biden um, commit some money to help Israel 
like, like military. Yeah, he did, but it, I think he got... also committed some money to Palestine, well, to Palestinians. I don't it's know, like... but <laughs> I I might be wrong I mean, about you that. Know what? I th- if if that's the case, it's it's like I didn't have that in the news items because I I. I couldn't find oh, okay. the sources. So if, if he did but, that, I could I could see that completely though, because it's like he yeah I his, could certain his his uh, you know senilic trying to help. senile state. Well, there's he does what that's what, like he does the knee jerk. Oh, we got to help Israel. Yeah, and then suddenly his his handlers. Biden, you weren't supposed to do that. You got to help the others. Oh, okay, let's give money to Palestine. Well, I think it was the other way around. <laughs> He initially wanted to help the Palestinians and send some money to them or something. And then, for some reason, within the past few days, he's, uh, oh, he's given a bunch like of, a or promised a bunch of money to Israel. Um, Interesting. I, I know, know that there have been a lot of liberals trying to, to make it out like Pal- like the struggles of the Palestinians are kind of like the struggles yeah. of blacks in America and stupid yeah, stuff Yeah, like it's silly. Uh, but here's... Here's the thing, I I don't have a huge uh, opinion about this whole fight. All I do know is that the liberals are dead set against Israel, and that makes me think um, they're wrong. I know they're wrong. They're always wrong. They're never yeah. right about anything. So yeah. I all I can say is there must be something to this. Mm-hmm. I don't see ever taking sides with Muslims. Right. I used to be These people kind of anti-Israel want... myself, and I'm very pro-Israel now. Yeah. Uh, Israel is our stance against the Muslims. Mm-hmm. They want to kill all Christians yeah. or convert. That right. is their purpose. That's their only purpose. Oh, well. So, so. There's things going on in Israel, we'll see how that I mean, it's getting bigger and, and it's yeah, getting someday worse. Someday we'll do a, a deep dive on Israel, you know, from yeah. not, not not just the the current events of Israel, but the concept of Israel and and the right. place of the Jews within modern history and so on and so forth. So the other big thing is this pipeline shutdown. Um, oh gosh, yeah. I don't. This is just okay. Here's the thing: in the this, news, I'm seeing one thing after another with cyber attacks. Um, <clears throat> they shut down the pipeline supposedly, mm-hmm. and then uh, and from what I'm hearing, they were actually paid four to five million dollars uh, in cryptocurrency. Oh wow! Um, and then uh, there was a an attack against Washington D.C. Um, in the police department's computers, but they're talking about this is in, in in April, but. I don't get this shutdown. I don't get this paying them stuff. I mean, okay, so they they yeah. did a cyber attack against the pipeline, and 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 it could be that I'm a little bit naive about this stuff, but I, I'm I'm thinking, oh, okay, so the computers that were attacked are, are these pipelines being run by computers that are being hosted in data centers to which the pipeline companies themselves don't have access? Because I'm thinking, you go in there, you physically turn the machines off. You replace them with clean versions of the machines, and you set and up an go. infrastructure that doesn't allow internet access. 
And you get you're it telling me they didn't back these computers up? What if the yeah, computer I mean, I just shut down, get, turned off? I don't get this paying the cyber. I, I don't get the concept of cyber uh, ransom like that. It it, it 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 seems to me that if you had any sense of reasonable, you know, IT infrastructure, you wouldn't be susceptible to it. Right. I wonder then, if we're seeing the incompetence of the entire Democrat Party, and that's why this is happening. That could be. Is, is Has the FBI started an investigation? I mean, this this clearly... I, I, I can't imagine that this doesn't violate major laws in the United States. I would sure think so, but at I mean, first, if, if I the, went and hacked, the Democrats were like, well, this is a private company, it's their problem. And it's like, wait a minute, you understand... If, that the if entire Eastern Seaboard beef processing uses plant. If I went and hacked uh, uh, ty- uh, Tyson Chicken, yeah, and held them hostage, oh, suddenly all the grocery markets can't have Tyson Chicken anymore unless they pay me five billion dollars in cryptocurrency. I can't. I'm breaking some kind of law there. The the FBI right. has jurisdiction to come and put me in handcuffs. Well, I don't, I mean, look, we do know that the FBI and, uh, well, pretty much all federal law enforcement has been commandeered by the Democrat Party. And unless you're uh, a conservative, they mm-hmm. seem pretty ineffective at catching people and punishing criminals. Yeah. It seems like they don't do that anymore. I, exactly. I, I, From the because, outside, that's what we're seeing. No, it's like the, the, the whole concept of, of criminals within their respective jurisdictions. It's like, what? Criminals? Oh, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're now arms of the, you know, whatever the, the establishment is. We're, we're, we're here to protect the establishment narrative, not to prosecute criminals or yeah. whatever. And it's, okay. Look, okay. This brings me to a, a story. Uh, Dad was selling. Uh, Dad was selling office supplies online on the website, which I ran. Um, he got a big order. He mm-hmm. didn't tell me about the big order. He got a big order and he got excited and he sent it. And then he got another big order right after that, and he was talking to me about. It. I'm like, whoa, 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 Dad, hold on here. Let's look at this. And then I realized, okay, this is a scam. Um, he just sent a thousand dollars worth of product to a group to someone who was using a stolen identity, and he was he not sent gonna end up getting the, money. the stuff. No, he didn't get the money. But yeah. here's the weird part: we call the bank and we say, "Look, we just realized that." Uh, actually, we started by calling the local police in the area where we had it delivered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And here's how it worked. The local police said, we want to set up a sting and arrest these people. But we can't do anything until a crime has been committed. And as of yet, it hasn't because all you did was sent things that you think you're not going to get paid for, but you don't know that yet. So So we called the bank and said, yeah, we called the bank and said, well, it looks apparently like this is identity fraud. Can you 
report this. They said, no, we're not going to. We don't know if there's identity fraud. And we said, okay, can you call the, give us the card owner's name? Because he would want to know. They said, no, we can't do that. We said, can you tell the the card card owner that this has happened? And they said, no, we can't. And so no crime could be reported. And the cops, even though we had a pickup, this they ordered this stuff. It was sent to an empty house, and the people mm-hmm. who had it delivered there would come and get it. But we could not do anything about this. So basically, Dad lost the money, and nobody got in trouble for it. And but by the way, the 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 bank that they were using for anybody who who is you know in a position to be able to decide who they do business with. If I remember correctly, that was USAA, wasn't it? I do not remember. I think it was I just USAA know I was Federal Bank, which so is irritated. the military federal bank. Oh, was it? Yeah. I, well, I, all I know is that... Services, it, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah. it's the one that, you know, uh, favors... you you got to be like a... a Armed Services member or something like that mm-hmm. to, to, uh, to but use the them. the thing but is that this so whole annoying. system yeah is set up to not get people in trouble yeah and it's always guys like Dad who end up paying the price who you know if I get a big order like that I, the first thing I do is start looking into it and find out if it's a real order and you know he just he didn't understand. And right. it's, I think most of America is like this. Most of America is set up to where criminals can get away with this stuff. And so these hackers, look, I know someone who got hacked. Their, their, uh, their facilities was hacked with ransomware and I believe they paid. Wow. Which to me, it's like, okay, if somebody hacked my house, I would, and demanded payment, I would laugh at them because what do you think? That's my only copy of my information. And if they said, well, we're going to take your information and it could have been one of those cases where it's like, okay, so you're not going to pay to get your computer back online, but now we have all this information and we're going to publish it on the dark web and anyone will have all of your customers credit cards. Well, I don't keep customer credit cards on my computer right? or anywhere where anyone could hack anything. But if I were a huge company, I probably would. And that may have been what the, uh, that may have been the kind of uh, ransom that's being paid. They may be paying to keep their customers' information private. Not necessarily just but in this case, it shut down a pipeline. pipeline. Yeah, it actually shut the pipeline down. That's what I don't get. Me too. That's I, that's what I, I have trouble I, with. I mean, because that's that you know smacks of like Stuxnet. That, that's like shutting a pipeline down. That sounds like a um, you know like a a, a virus for a, a, a what's what what are the malware or something like that Trojan. You know, well, no, the the uh, the kind of um, of computer the the um, that Stuxnet attacks attacked, um, like Alan Bradley and, and those kind of you you've worked with them before. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, I mean to shut down a pipeline sounds like a PLC hack 
or, or attack or something like that. Yeah, it's not right. But that's what Stuxnet was. It was a, a it was some kind of a, a, a virus that went into PLCs that you know caused uh, certain. Um, yeah, I, 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 the Stuxnet one actually caused like, yeah. So I mean, to to say you know you shut down a pipeline, it sounds like that kind of thing, not not just like a a data computer or something like that. But what astounds me is that is that this stuff is not FBI is not being pursued. I mean, is is the FBI investigating this to try to find out who did it? Okay, one would assume that the FBI is doing something about it, but I don't understand how they could be this incompetent. What kind of bit? What kind of uh, cryptocurrency were they looking for bitcoin because if it's bitcoin then you would be able in the next year or two you would be able to find every penny right and you would be able to find out who has it or who who has spent it by looking at at the purchase history in the bitcoin you should be able to find people it shouldn't even be that hard yeah yeah if if Bitcoin records every single transaction, I think we were going to talk about Bitcoin one time. And how how because, cryptocurrency works, right? Yeah. Now, different cryptocurrencies work in different ways, but Bitcoin, every single time you spend a penny of Bitcoin, it is recorded, and that record exists all over the place. Did I just lose you? And oh, you can easily track... Here, I'm going to call the various, um, <clears throat> hold on, it looks like I lost Danny here. Hey. Well, I lost you somehow. Yeah, I, I think my, my earbuds lost. Oh, okay. Uh, so anyway, okay, so what I was saying is, the, so, yeah, bit, bit, Bitcoin, every transaction is recorded the in Bitcoin. History. So if they sent Bitcoin all they have to do is wait for, say, a, a, a year maybe at most and go back and start tracking that specific Bitcoin, where it went, where it was spent, and go to the various places that have it recorded. And then it would be easy to find the people if they were using Bitcoin. Okay. I mean, I, wonder I, if, I haven't actually looked enough into it to know that that's how it would work. It would. I know that Bitcoin for example, records all transactions. You know, the one Bitcoin guy was was accused of paying for a a hit job in in the whole uh, what was that that online place where you could buy drugs and stuff like that. I don't know, really. Yeah, so they had a kind of a marketplace on the dark web. Most of the people used Bitcoin, and you could go there, advertise drugs, you could advertise prostitution, pretty much anything. Wow, okay. And, and he at Bitcoin one point, hit. well, that's what the accusation was. But he was able to prove his innocence because oh, by showing... that Bitcoin was never in his name. He did okay. not receive any Bitcoins or send any Bitcoins. Right. So... Okay. I don't know. It's little things like this, and then I, I think I, I, is the is the FBI really that incompetent? Yeah, 
that's, where that's they can't what I'm find thinking. these people. That, it's just it's, it's like, come on, guys. This, or is it that they're just not interested in finding bad guys? Could be. They're, they're simply a political uh, uh, strong arm, and that's yeah. it. That's if, all they'll ever. It's not a political crime. We don't care. I I don't know, but it's it's not just the pipeline. I've got the uh, D.C. Police Department having ransomed and paying in a ransom. Really? Uh, or no, 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 no. I'm sorry. What happened is they were negotiating a ransom and, uh, the group was asking for four million and they offered a hundred thousand and then negotiations stopped. And then the police department's information suddenly appeared on the dark web. Oh, okay. So, and really as of yet, I don't think anyone's been, I don't think anyone's been arrested or anything. So they, they had it, and they released it, and now it's there, and... Well, at this point, no reason to pay. There's no one in jail. Yeah, and there's no one in jail. Uh, the Irish Health Service executive shuts down its IT systems nationwide after a cyber attack involving ransomware. That happened this week. Huh. So... This is I, really I, growing. You think this I is the Chinese? I wonder if, number one... I think there's a couple possibilities here. Number one, maybe it's just that the Democrats are that incompetent and the FBI really doesn't have a job to find these people. Their job is to continue protecting Biden or something like that. And everybody I mean, knows it, so they're kind of getting yeah, all the... So uh, the second possibility is that the the... The left are allowing these kinds of things to happen, and maybe even, um, maybe even making it happen. Yeah, and some of them are pointing to uh, Russian hackers and various other groups. But I, I wonder if this is, if this is a way for them to impose something. Hmm. The same way COVID was a way for them to impose all kinds of stupid rules. I don't believe that's what COVID, I don't, I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist concerning COVID, but COVID allowed a lot of people to have a certain amount of power that they didn't have before. And I wonder if this is leading to uh, the government having some kind of power over people's computers at home. Yeah. Or over private computers in companies. I wonder if that's where this is going. Or just more general government regulation of the internet. Yeah, which every time they regulate something, they throttle uh, innovation. Yeah. Which goes back to what we were talking about earlier. AT&T, they throttled innovation and through laws and legislation, they kept people from developing ways to get around this monopoly. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if uh, some of this is going to lead in that direction. I don't know. But uh, so we've got, you know, the, the but the pie, you know what? I never even did say the story. The colonial pipeline is shut down by, cy- by a cyber attack. And suddenly the entire Eastern seaboard is saying we're running out of gas. Oh, wait a minute. We did talk about that last week, didn't we? So, 
Yeah, the government we talked about whether the, the the pipeline was transferring gasoline versus crude oil. Right. Now I remember. We did talk about that. But the government decides they're going to start using trucks and trains to transport all this gas that used to go through the pipeline. <laughs> Which is kind of ironic because the government shut down the pipeline that Trump had started working on. And now suddenly we're using trucks and trains to do it. And it's like, I, I don't They mess up everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... They just can't do anything right. For the government to do most things is a bad idea, but when the Democrats get in charge of the government, it's like I say all the time, they don't actually know how to govern, they play at governing. When the Democrats are in charge of the government, it's like a bunch of kids playing house with no concept of what running a house is. And it gets to where it destroys people because of oh, their yeah. people's lives are, are incompetence. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. criminy. Well, have you heard from the the latest from our Pope? Uh oh. So he says these weird things that it's like one statement says two completely opposing things. So mm. just this statement on itself, keeping the truth does not mean defending ideas, becoming guardians of a system of doctrines and dogmas, but remaining bound to Christ and being devoted to his gospel. I don't even what, know what how is, to take that. It's, to that's like, it's like me saying, that's uh, nonsense. Fixing your, fixing your, it's not my job to fix your machine. It's just my job to make sure that all these parts work together to produce the outcome that you want. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense what you're saying. I mean, (laughs) the truth is ideas. (laughs) I mean, okay, I I guess, I I, I guess, you know, in in a sense, I mean, is he trying to get like, talk about like, like philosophical divisions, like, um, like like Thomas versus Scotus on on certain metaphysical questions related to theology or something like that. I mean, it's, it's like what is what is he trying to say? Who is he who is he targeting with this? I guess that's my question. Who what's his what's his target here? Who does I've, he think needs to hear this message, whatever it is? I've gotten to where I see all of these things. Uh, our, our cousin Bill Ginley, one time you pointed out to me that, um, he says certain things that are, are pretty much wrong and it's obvious that they're wrong, but they sound, it sounds, the, the way he says it makes it sounds like he put a whole lot of thought into it and that he's a very deep person. <laughs> But if you really yeah. analyze exactly what he's saying, it's not deep at all. It's just silly. Mm-hmm. And it's nonsense. And most it seems like most of what comes out of the Pope's mouth nowadays is just nonsense. But he mixes it in with these things that make him sound deep. He's not. Yeah. It's just stupid. Yeah. I, 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 I have trouble even imagining who he's addressing with that statement or what the statement is actually supposed to be trying to convey. Yeah. He's encouraging Burmese Catholics in Rome to strive to be builders of fraternity. Burmese Catholics in Rome. 
I guess this is uh, back to that uh, Myanmar uh, thing blowing up, which I yeah I, I I have not even talked about it because uh, I don't know anything about it. So I haven't been bringing it up in current events, even though oh, it, it right. is kind of turning into a big deal. Yeah. Um, but that would require a few hours of me looking into this history, and I just haven't done it yet. But that's the latest from our Pope. Gosh. Um, he almost could have gone into the nonsense segment. Yeah, I know. I know. Now, in... I don't even know how to say this word. Cuta? C-E-U-T-A. It's a kind of a Spanish territory in uh, where North Africa. Oh, okay. Northern Africa. A Spanish territory um, in Northern Africa? Okay. Well, okay, yeah, I can see on. that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So, you know, something like 5,000. They're calling them migrates, migrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say invaders. Oh, okay. Be a better description because all I'm seeing are a bunch of young men, right? Um, kind of stormed this uh, Spanish. They're calling it a Spanish enclave of Cuda. I see. And uh, they just kind of stormed in there, and so the Spaniards are sending troops to keep them under control. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is right off, right, right, right on the border with Morocco. Oh, um, I, I, I guess, it, I mean, some people are pointing to this to being kind of a war, but I don't think it's turning into that big of a thing. But it, it's weird how suddenly they just started storming this one area. And I think these are mostly Muslims. Yep, I would suspect. So, I don't know. Now, there is, uh, so... The China National Space Administration uh, successfully lands at uh, on Mars. Okay, for so real? one one of their rovers landed on Mars. All right, is one of our rovers uh, I don't able know. to pick it up and <laughs> take a picture? I'm you know not what? Sure I yeah, believe we the should Chinese we should just say, hey, we got to go see if it's really there. <laughs> send <laughs> yeah. our rover over there. <laughs> Maybe they find something that looks like not there at all. That's right. <laughs> I mean, does, does China share their... Uh, yeah, do they I, share the information the way NASA does? I don't know. Does? Everything NASA collects is, is put online. You can get all of NASA's data yeah. on this stuff. I think that's amazing. I think that's incredible <laughs> that, that they do that. And you, you can just go look yeah. at what this satellite is seeing. And, of course, you know, the... Um, the pictures that you see on NASA's website aren't as fantastic as the ones that are usually used in, um, you know, various articles that you might read. Well, you know, um, a lot of the ones in the articles are artist renditions. Artist renditions, or they're, I, because a lot of the photos are, what do you call that? Um, Enhanced? kind of enhanced but it's like they've got the x-ray photo and then the microwave photo and things like that right right to where you put them all together and you get this really cool picture okay right so a lot of them are not put together that way you have to do that work yourself but all the information is right there for you to look at and it's it's just amazing that that you can go see this yourself 
this moon revol uh, going around Jupiter, you can go look at actual photos of it and see the same thing that the scientists at NASA are looking at. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if Chinese um, space... I can't imagine that their space agency does. China, China is so secretive. I, I don't trust right. that they actually... That when they report stuff like this, that it's actually happening. Yeah, I kind of. I, I don't think I, I we doubt ha- a lot unless, of these things. Too. Unless one of our rovers goes and confirms it, I I don't even think that there's any particular reason to believe it. You know, I, that's because I I remember Chinese uh, scientists saying that they had done certain things back when the when we were all talking about cloning. Because after mm-hmm. uh, remember the sheep dolly, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, China had claimed to have cloned human beings. Mm-hmm. And I kind of kept looking for that to see what would happen. And after a year, scientists were doubting that the claims were true. Scientists in China never denied, never confirmed or denied it. But right. here we are 20 years later, there are no clones. So obviously and, they were lying. Yeah. And you know what? They're they're still up to their same secretiveness, so quite yeah. possibly they're still Everything's up to the same secret. line. Yeah, that's I. I kind of. I wonder if they're pulling. What you know? Remember when um, Reagan kind of pulled one over on Russia and kind of forced Russia to start spending money like mad to try to catch up with us mm-hmm. on like the Star Wars like, and yeah, stuff, the, the um, strategic defense and so on. Yeah. I wonder if China's trying to do that to us. Oh, that could be. Well, hopefully it won't work. If Trump were in office, it wouldn't work. Biden, who knows? No. I don't think they, they don't need have to do, to do that I mean, with, with Biden. Biden in office, they don't have to, with Biden in office, they don't have to do that. They just have to say, here's what we want, and Biden will give it to them. Yeah. So uh, that's all the news I got. All right. Well, I got a few things. Uh, from the Nation of Nonsense, a um, little bit of levity, levity here. So first, police chief uh, wants to get out of out of a meeting. This is just funny. <laughs> so Fry, Freiburg, Maine, former Maine police chief, wanted to skip out of a public meeting, and so he invented a suspicious person's report that he had to go check in on, so that he could duck the meeting of the um, board of selectmen in February of 2020. <laughs> Eventually, it was found out that it was a false report, and he was fired for it. <laughs> Wait a minute! So he wanted to get out of a meeting. So there was a meeting, a public, a... a public meeting of the selectmen of the board of selectmen for the town in February, and he didn't want to jo- go to the meeting. Uh, who wants to go to meet? Meetings are so wasteful of time. So he filed a false report of a. Um, Let's see, he used the computer in his cruiser to create a false entry in the dispatch system that said that he drove to a certain place in response to a report of a suspicious person. Oh, so he, like, falsified records to to send a suspicious person, yeah, in order to get out of a meeting. (laughs) I can... You know... He didn't have to go that far to get out of a meeting. I know, but he's got my sympathy. He could have done a lot less and not gotten into trouble. I know. Which, you know, he's probably just a little bit stupid, too. Yeah. I mean, I 
You know, when you're lying to get out of work, the less information, the better. That's right. So if you just say, I had a family emergency, usually that's all you got to say. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't make it. I've got something. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Put it as far as that. I have an appointment with but someone. Then, <laughs> it's like, then you create a record to try to back up your lie. It's like, well, that's just dumb. You didn't have to do that. And now you're in trouble for it. Yep. He lost his job. Jeez. Probably wasn't a very good police. Probably not. Probably Gee. not. <laughs> All right. This next one is kind of interesting. Um... There's a, you know how once in a while there's an interesting photograph that that one thing just kind of blends into another. Well, there's a girl, there's a, f- a photograph running around on the internet of a girl who appears to be completely stuck in the sidewalk. Uh, I sent you the email with the uh, the links, so you might be able to pull that up and see what I'm talking about. But, I mean, you look at it and it's like, yeah. wait a minute, <laughs> where's the rest of her? <laughs> Uh, it is an optical illusion uh, because of her dress uh, that she's so wearing. So is it a purposeful, purposeful illusion? Or? No, no, I don't no. think so. I, I think it's just. I'm trying to get a bigger picture of the. You saw the yeah. I can't figure out what I'm looking at. Oh, this okay, just, no, no. It says she's actually. Like she she's. It says she's actually standing behind a low wall that's made of the same material as the sidewalk. Oh, I, I see, see it. it. Yes, yes, yeah. I see it now. Yes. Okay, it's not her dress. So this um, is not a Photoshop. It's and not it's a Photoshop. It's not really an it's illusion. Just, it's just the way the photo was yeah. taken. It's kind of like, you remember uh, Indiana uh, Jones and the Last Crusade? Yeah. And that one part where he With had to bridge. step out on the bridge. It's like that. Yeah. Okay. But it is well, really cool. weird looking. <laughs> we'll, we'll post so that on put the Put that thing. on the, uh, the site, yeah. Okay, um, next. In the UK, I love UK stories, uh, police overreact to some Halloween trash. So, um, a woman had a corpse that she had done up for Halloween, and it was, she needed to get rid of it, and so she wrapped it in trash bags and put duct tape around it, threw it on into a corner. And forgot to get rid of it. So, <coughs> I guess the police police come by and think, think, oh my, you've got a body that you're trying to get rid of in your in your like backyard or something. <laughs> they probably had to have a big investigation, and they did. Yeah, I mean, she, the the uh, um, a squad of of ten police officers surrounded her home. On the suspicion that she committed murder because there was this apparent body wrapped up. You know, what's funny, I don't know what the corpse itself looked like that, that she originally had, but just the bo- yeah. the way it's, they've, they've got a picture here on the, uh, on the link and the way the body's wrapped up in the trash with the duct tape around it. I think that itself is a pretty good Halloween, uh, prop. Yeah. Well, you know, it goes to show you how incompetent a lot of uh, 
law enforcement is. Yeah, I mean, they could have just knocked on the door and, and it say, goes back hey, to lady, an earlier discussion. That? It's like, <laughs> yeah, why didn't somebody just come by and maybe poke at it and say, is this really? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, a was... simple little, a pocket knife, you could have opened it up and looked inside. Oh, okay, it's just, it's just a Halloween prop. <laughs> When we lived in E-Town, we were renting a house, and uh, Vicky got up one day, and there was two suited men who were obviously cops on the door, at the door. Mm -hmm. And um, they're like, is Eddie so-and-so here? She's like, no. And they're like, well, have you seen him? She's like, I don't know who you're talking about. Um, And then she starts looking around outside, there's like 20 more cops like hidden behind fences and behind cars and stuff. Oh, wow. And they've all got their weapons drawn. Mm-hmm. And this happened twice, though. And they keep coming back because this guy whom, who they had and let go listed our address as his last address. So until he gives them another address... Every time they decide to send someone out to get them, they're going to go to this house. Oh, my. And as yeah. far as I know, it's still happening. You know, after we moved out, another lady moved in, and I, every now and then uh, Vicky gets in contact with her, and they're still showing up. Sometimes it's just a cop. Sometimes it's a sheriff. This time it was the, uh, the DEA, the time that, that they all had their weapons drawn. Um, but all these groups are looking for him. Not one of them will put some kind of notation that says, no, he doesn't live here. And I just don't understand how that many people could be that incompetent. (laughs) Yeah. Aside from the fact that they would call for him at least once a week and send tons of mail to him at our house. But this... Eddie guy, um, I guess until they catch him, they're going to keep sending cops there. And Whoever lives there now. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand how they could be that bad. How, yeah, how, it, it, I think I could find the guy if I wanted to. It wouldn't be that hard. I mean, they've made it easy to find people. Uh, Facebook has, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, I mean, if somebody really wants to disappear, they can. Um, you know, I... Yeah, but this guy's an idiot. We rented our house to... It, 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 okay, you know, kind of a... I, I feel ashamed in the sense of a fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. Or fool me once, shame yeah. on you, fool me twice, shame on me kind of thing. So we rented our house to somebody who like, really didn't leave it in good shape. And... Because we, you know, they they moved. Okay, we came in, cleaned it all up. Had to find another renter. This is the house in Shelbyville because we weren't living there. Still held, yeah. had our lease. We were living in uh, Westchester at the time, and the um, so we rented it again to somebody else who was, you know, it, it just left it in even worse shape than the first renters. I mean, it was so yeah. bad. It was like. Their dogs, they let their dogs go on the floor and they didn't clean it up. So when we pulled the carpet and got rid of it, it was so bad that there was residue of the dog uh, droppings, feces, 
under the carpet yeah. in, in the padding under the carpet. You know, that bad. So anyway, yeah. but the, the point is that they were able, both sets of runners were able to disappear down a uh, kind of a rabbit hole that we couldn't track them down to get the money back from them for all the, the repairs mm-hmm. we had to do for the house. Um, now, my the lesson learned for me is if I ever, ever, ever rent a house again, I'm going to use a property management company because yeah. I've... And here's, here's the funny thing. I've dealt with property management companies as a renter, and I prefer that to dealing with an owner directly. But I yeah. know that the property management companies, they have their systems in place. You are not going to be able to rent through them unless you have given them all the various means that they have of tracking you down if you try to disappear. So, um, yeah. but the point is... Uh, People can disappear if they want to, um, unless somebody has initially said, hey, wait a minute, you might, you know, I suspect you might want to disappear at some point, And so therefore I'm going to make you prove to me, you know, who you are and give me several ways to try to reach out and find you and so on and so forth. Right. So that, that, but, but for the police to keep coming around, I mean, clearly the guy's gone. Yeah. That's so stupid. Yeah. And it's like, we're, we're not related to this guy. We've never seen the guy. Uh, Vicky did a little bit of research on him mm-hmm. to find out who the heck this is. And they had him in jail. They let him go. And uh, I guess he didn't show up for his trial or whatever. Oh, but, like a bail jumper kind of thing? Yeah. So, um, but I, I, huh. why did they keep coming back yeah. to the same place? That he lived, say, like four or five years before we moved in. It's like he hasn't lived here in forever. And you send a, a big army of men to catch him. And it's like, why would you even think that he would be here if it's mm-hmm. a rental house? I mean, people don't continue renting in the same place when they're running from the law. Yeah. I don't know. It the uh, I just... It, it opened up my eyes to the fact that cops... In general, our law enforcement uh, kind of the whole industry is inept. Yeah. And every now and then you find some little city with a cop force that's really hardcore and really does their job and does it well. Uh, One such example is Cleves, Ohio. Oh. mm -hmm. Those guys were on the ball. Yeah. I, I, I had crap taken out of my car twice in the middle of the night. Both times I called the police. Both times they found the stuff and found the perpetrator. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's rare. That's very rare. But, uh, you know, I you can't imagine someone like Cincinnati or even Chiviet oh, doing gosh, something like no, that. No but, way. Um, I don't know. To, to, to take that m- much resource and put it towards finding this guy who obviously isn't there... These people are idiots. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, or I, I, send, I don't know what send ten I, cops out because you see something wrapped in some duct tape in a plastic bag. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> okay, you you really have to send that many people out? Couldn't you just <laughs> two guys could have gone out over of the car and, and look at slice it, slice it open, and oh, oh okay, it's just this a, is, or even just, just probably doll. felt it. You know, it probably. <laughs> Yeah. Just poking at it would probably tell you it's not a corpse. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right. 
Uh, let's see. So next we've got a dog gets a ride on a little dust devil. There, this is one. It's it's not um, it's not like super super obvious or or like impressing because the um, <laughs> it is kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, it shows up a few times, but um, the, this dog comes and it's like he swirls around like three times in the um, in the video. And it's like it was caught by like a neighbor's doorbell or something like that. And he was clearly like caught up. And so this is not something that a dog could possibly do on his own. <laughs> but you got to kind of watch. What do you mean? He was... He was caught up in a dust devil and swirled around. Dust devil. You know, like, like a, a vacuum little... cleaner? No, no, no. Like a little tornado kind of thing. What? You know what a dust devil is? Like one of those little mini tornadoes? No, I don't know what a dust devil is. Okay, like a... Uh, so think of it like a tiny... You know, like like when we used to go play baseball and, and the fields, uh, sometimes you'd see these little swirlies that swirled the dust up from the field. Like wind swirlies, okay. And it would look, so yeah. They would pick the dust up from the field, look like a tiny little mini tornado. Well, and they had one that was powerful enough to actually pick a dog up and to swing a dog it? around a few times. Now the thing is, you see the dog kind of swinging out from behind a car, and and he swings out and he swings around a few times. It's like, well, wait a minute, uh, you know. And the kids were like watching, I guess. Um, oh, okay. This is a seventy-pound dog too. I mean, this is not something that a guy picked up and threw or something like that. Okay. But this, this dust... entire time, I thought you were talking about a vacuum, a vacuum cleaner. Oh, no, no, I'm no. trying to picture a vacuum cleaner <laughs> swinging a dog around. I'm thinking... <laughs> Which kind of made sense to me because I thought the dog attacked the vacuum cleaner. Our dog used to always attack the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Okay, I get the confusion now because yeah, Dust Devil, uh, they they uh, and, and and that is a pretty good vacuum cleaner. But no, this this is a dog who got caught into a uh, what, what did we yeah, call them? We didn't we didn't call them Dust Devils when we were kids. We had a name for them though. In a tornado? No, it wasn't tornado. If we said tornado, we I don't care how one. big it is. That's what I called it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> a mini tornado. <laughs> I did not know they could get that strong. Oh, the mini ones? Well, I guess, you know, in theory, they could get... <laughs> I mean, it's very clearly a windy day. This, but this was caught from a, yeah. uh, the camera on a neighbor's door... Like a neighbor's doorbell camera okay. or something like that is what caught this. Yeah. And it's like, you could see this, they... this big... It's like a nav- Labrador Retriever or something like that. A big 70-pound dog swinging around. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, last item is I don't even actually have a news link for this, but this is just funny. So, my wife, uh, she does um, what's called compensation and pension exams for the Veterans Administration. So that means that veterans who um, and she's an audiologist, so her specialty is is hearing loss. Um, so yeah. veterans who who say that they have some hearing loss. And that at least part of it was caused during their service in the military and they want to get compensated for it. Or at the very least, they want to get established, you know, enough to be able to make, get the free hearing aids and that kind of stuff. 
And so yeah. she's the one who does the examination, reviews their history, and, and comes up with an opinion about whether um, their hearing loss, you know, whether they have a compensable hearing loss and whether it was acquired in the military. And one of these tests in, is what's called a discrimination. Um, and it, it's like she, she, she does a certain amount of testing to figure out the right level for speech. And then at that level, she does what's called a discrimination test, which they present a series of one-syllable words, and the person is supposed to repeat back their best guess at what the word was. And so okay. they, you know, the and people come up with, you know, stupid answers. Like, for example, they might say the word ship, and they'll say shop. Now, the thing is... Typical noise-induced hearing loss is high frequency, which means that it's the consonants that you're going to miss. So if, the, yeah. if if they say say the word ship, uh, you might hear chip or you might hear shit. You know, if I can say that. Um, yeah. But you but you're not going to hear shop. So for example, if they right. say shop, that means they're they're just making it up. They're they're you faking. Know, they're faking, and she actually you know. Yeah. So, but <laughs> the other day she had this veteran in there and he, he was one of those and she gets these once in a while who they, they say the word, you know, say the word ship and then they have to like sit for like, you know, 10 seconds while they think about it and then finally they'll come back with the word and maybe it matches, maybe it doesn't, but, but you know, whatever yeah. that is, and for some reason it takes them a long time to process it. So... This one was, and this is the funniest one she's ever had yet. Say the word keg after a little bit of a pause. Beer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know whether, you know, maybe he thought. (laughs) Maybe he thought it was a association test. A a psych exam or something. (laughs) Say the word keg. Beer. Beer. <laughs> Be funnier if there's no pause at all. Uh, yeah, that's true. Say the word keg. Beer. Constantinople. <laughs> anyway, that's that's all I've got for today. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I guess almost two and a half, two and a half hours. hours in, so. You need to yeah. find some stuff I, to cut. <laughs> yeah, I got to go to bed, though. So. All right. Well, I'll send this to you. All right, folks. Think about what we said. And as always, circle the beads. Pray every day. Pray for and our country. Maybe pray we'll get world. things changed. Yep. Pray for our home. Yeah, pray for our home. Pray, pray for holiness for our home. All right. Bye, everyone.